you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we are continuing our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the Vancouver Canucks. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, i80sports.com, for all of our team preview coverage as well as all of our NHL content. If you're joining us here on YouTube, make sure you drop a like, comment, and subscribe for more NHL content coming up. We are going to be previewing every single NHL team leading up to the beginning of the NHL season. And... Make sure that you follow us on Twitter down below at I-80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're already following us, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support so far. I'm Brian. He's Tom. How you doing today, Tom? Uh, doing well, doing well. And here we are. Here we are to preview a team that I feel kind of got uh, the short end of the stick last year. They probably had the worst travel schedule of any team in the league. They got really banged up with COVID last year. So I feel like... What the Vancouver Canucks did last year is not a good indicator of how they really are as a team. But let's just get right into it. We'll get right into that. And you do have a point there. It's not necessarily indicative of how you know they did, especially given COVID. But we still got to point out their 2020 and 2021 team facts from last year, starting with their record. And yes, it did get really, really sidetracked because of COVID. But here's the stats. Vancouver's record last year. 23, 29, and 4. That's 23 wins to 29 losses to 4 overtime losses, which was good for 7th in the Western, in the, sorry, in the Western, in the Canadian division, in the North division this past year. And like we alluded to before, COVID-19 really did not do this team any favors whatsoever, but we can say that about a bunch of teams in the NHL from this past year. When we go when we get there, we'll talk about those teams. Trust me. You know, just to kind of preview, Dallas, New Jersey, those are going to be a couple teams that we talk about regarding that. But let's continue also with some power play and penalty kill stats. So on the power play last year, a little bit below average, a little bit below the league average last year at 17.4% on the power play. Penalty killed, they were slightly below average on the penalty kill as well last year, 79.8% on the penalty kill, which league average is around 80%. So they're not that far below. Leading scores for last year for the Vancouver Canucks, Brock Besser led the team with 49 points, most particularly to point out 23 goals. Uh, next was JT Miller with 46 points. And then rounding out the bunch was Quinn Hughes with 41 points. So pretty big contributors there on that Vancouver Canucks team last year. Some key additions and subtractions for this Vancouver Canucks team. They were pretty busy this summer. They cut a lot of dead weight, a lot of dead cap, and they also took on some more money as well. So, some key additions here. Yaroslav Halak, Oliver ekman Larson, Connor Garland, Jason Dickinson, Tucker Pullman, Justin Dowling, Luke Shen, and Brad Hunt, with key subtractions in Alexander Edler, Nate Schmidt, Braden Holtby, Jake Vertanen, Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd, Antoine Roussel, Louis Erickson, 
and Jay Beagle. That was a lot in terms of additions and subtractions for one team. So they were very, very busy in the summertime. But let's talk about some X-Factors. And no, we're not talking about EA X-Factors here. We are just talking about our brand of X-Factors here. So players that are going to be paramount for the team's success this year or the opposite that could contribute you know, eventually to their downfall if they don't perform. So Tom, I've done enough talking here. Who are some X-Factors here for the Vancouver Canucks? Well, right now, you see I got two thumbs. Well, I got one thumb, and then I got another thumb, which I'm doing terribly at showing you. But they're not sore. The thing is, is that right now, the deals with Pedersen and Hughes stick out like two sore thumbs to me. If neither of these deals are done by the opening day of training camp, this team's going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble because those two guys are what makes this team go. Right now, they got 14 mil in cap space, and they're going to need to figure out how they're going to allocate this to bring these two guys back because they're going to need both of these guys, and I can't see them entertaining trading either one of them right now. So that's the biggest thing. Hughes, as we know last year, was a Norris finalist, and as we've seen with Pedersen. Now, I know we didn't talk about Pedersen at the top, and the reason why we didn't talk about him is because he was hurt for most of last year. But when Pedersen is on his game, he reminds me of Henrik Zetterberg back in the day, for the Red Wings. Like, Pedersen is like another Henrik Zetterberg out there. He's a do-it-all guy. And when he's on his game, he's one of the best. So they really, really need to get these deals hammered out within the next couple of weeks so they can have both of these guys on the ice by training camp. Yeah. I can't agree any anymore. I think Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes are the obvious X factors here. But they don't even have contracts yet. You know, their presence on the ice is going to be paramount for this team's success, and I cannot stress that enough. But I'm now going to give you two guys who are currently under contract. This time last year, we were not sure if Brock Besser would even be a Vancouver Canuck at this point. But here we are. He's officially cemented himself as a cornerstone of this franchise, especially with his performance this past year. With 49 points in 56 games, he could be primed for another career year this year. And last but certainly not least is Captain Bo Horvat. Not many guys in this league play with as much heart as Bo Horvat does night in and night out. He plays with so much heart, and he is the heart and soul of this entire squad. That's why they made the decision to name him captain. And he's going to play well this year with potentially Nils Hoglander and Connor Garland flanking him on either side. I think this could be a really exciting line to watch this year. So now let's talk about some breakout candidates. So who could be in line for a breakout year that has not had a breakout year yet? Tom, I'm going to start with you. I think there's an obvious pick here. Yeah, unfortunately there is. Well, I don't know if it's so much unfortunate. I guess it's kind of fortunate. I don't know. Fortunate for Anyways. us that we get to watch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. I'm going with uh, Vasily Pakoslin here. He was very highly touted, if you guys remember, back in 2019. And at the time, for a time, rather, excuse me, I'm jumbling my words. He was actually predicted to go third in the draft behind Jack Hughes and Capocaco. Obviously, the problems with the KHL and the transfer agreement had his stock drop a little bit, and he was drafted a little bit later. Um, he had a subpar, he had a subpar performance here in the regular season in the KHL, only 11 points in 35 games. But then take those same 11 points in the playoffs, and he had 11 points in 16 games in the playoffs with six goals and five assists. If he can build on that and turn the corner, that's another potent offensive weapon to add to an already potent offense, an already potent top two lines. And we talk about Connor Garland here. 
I mean, if Pacozlin breaks out, I could see Pacozlin jumping up into that second line right wing spot and Garland dropping down to the third line. So I really think that's the guy you're going to need to watch this year for them. Hopefully, you know, he um, uh, he lives up to the hype. I completely agree. Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, see, and now I'm jumbling up my words. Vasily Podkolzin, after watching him this past year at the World Juniors play for Team Russia, I am very excited to watch what this former first-round pick can do at the NHL level. That being said, I'm going to put up another name for consideration that some people might be confused by, and that's Nils Hoglander. Now, you might be saying to yourself, but Brian, he broke out last year. I mean, he... Had a decent year last year. Yeah, but here's the thing. He had a good season last year. He registered 27 points in 56 games. Yeah, that probably puts him at about the 40-point mark. I think there's more to this player than people think. I think there's a lot more to Nils Hoaglander. With COVID behind this team, I think he is really going to turn up the heat in a potential top six role this year. He could also serve as a Swiss Army knife for this Canucks lineup. I think he's going to register a good chunk of minutes this year. And speaking of the lineup, it's time for us to talk about the potential opening night lineup here for the Vancouver Canucks. One thing to note here, it is August right now, so a lot of things can change between now and October. This is just what we project right now here in the last week of August. So without further ado, how about we get right into what this projected lineup could look like? So we're going to be starting off here with line one, forward line one. Now, big thing to keep in mind here, I am assuming that Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes end up getting a contract before opening night. I'm just going to be a painful optimist here. So starting off with forward line one, from left to right, we've got left wing, center, and then right wing, we've got JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, and Brock Besser. Moving on to forward line two, we've got Nils Hoglander, Bo Horvat, and Connor Garland. Moving on to line three, Tanner Pearson, Jason Dickinson, and as we talked about before, Vasily Podkolzin. And moving on the line for Tyler Mutt, Brandon Sutter, and Matthew Highmore. Brandon Sutter did get a new one-year deal this past year. He's not getting paid nearly as much, so a lot of that microscope energy is off of him now. Moving on to the first line of defense, we've got Quinn Hughes paired with Travis Hamanick. Then on the second line of defense, recently acquired Oliver ekman Larson. Paired with Tyler Myers, big boys on defense line two. My goodness, just between the two of them. Wow. And then defense line three, we've got Jack Rathbone paired with Tucker Pullman. Moving on to the goaltending, we've got starting goaltender Thatcher Demko and backup goaltender recently acquired Yaroslav Halak. So not a bad lineup on paper at all, but... We got to talk about some variables because there are some variables with this Canucks team. As good as it looks on paper, this is going to be tough to address for some uh, for some people, especially with what I might have to say here. I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. I'm not going to lie. Tom, we're going to start with you. You're the more optimistic one when it comes to Canucks. So why don't you go first? Variables for the Canucks. Well, as we saw back in the bubble in 2020, this team can definitely skate with anybody. They really turned some heads in 2020. They even turned my head in 2020. Because, like, if you guys don't know, we live in New Jersey, so it's very, very hard to see Vancouver Canuck games most of the time. You know, they're on the West Coast. Their games are starting at 10 o'clock. And when you got to wake up early in the morning to go to work, it's just really not possible to watch too many of them. The fortunate part about the bubble last year was Vancouver kind of went deep into the playoffs. And I got to see a lot of their games. 
And I really liked a lot of what I saw. But the thing at the time was is that one of the biggest pieces they had was Jacob Markstrom in net. That's obviously no more. He's in Calgary now. He bolted after the season. So a big variable for me is going to be this goaltending Tamco of Thatcher Demko and Yaroslav Halak. That's really going to determine what the Canucks do. We know the Canucks have have a good forward core. We know their D core, while not the best in the league, if it if everything turns out right, they'll still be pretty good. But their big question mark is in net. And if these guys in net can't get it going, they may finish lower than we thought. If they can play up to the way Halak was playing, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the Canucks. Here. I'm very sorry about that. And I think that they'll finish higher than some other people think. But those two guys, those two goaltenders, those are my variables. It depends on how they play. It depends on if they stay healthy. That's my biggest variable with this team coming in this year. Yeah. To me, there are some very major variables here. You know, first and foremost, Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Are they going to have a contract by opening night? You know, this is a team that right now, I apologize for not having this information already at the ready, but this is something that kind of came into my mind as we've been talking right now. But the cap situation at the moment, I'm actually not totally sure what they have currently free at the moment. They've got $10.6 million currently free at the moment. And their roster size, according to to cap friendly is one person over their actual limit. So I'm convinced that we could have one more move coming before the beginning of the season itself. So Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, you know, getting their contract is going to be huge. And with only $10 million available for both of them, and I think both of them are going to eclipse $10 million between the two of them, it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see what happens there. I think, like I said before, it's going to be paramount for the Canucks' success to have both of those guys on the ice. So the question becomes, will they ride the pine until a deal is done? That's just left to be seen. Secondly, this defense may look decent on paper. I'm not sold on this defense on this defense. And one thing I alluded to before was how big that second line is. Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers, where you currently have, thanks to Cap Friendly, you have 7.26 million sunk into Oliver Ekman Larson for the foreseeable future. And Tyler Myers, you've got six million dollars invested per year until 2024. I don't like how both of their games are aging right now. And when you pair them together, the biggest thing I am worried about, and I want to be wrong about this. Let me preface it with that before I get attacked. But I want to be wrong about this. Their games are taking a step back in recent memory. So will Oliver Ekman Larson continue to take the step back? Will Tyler Myers continue to take a step back? you might need to break up the pair to be quite honest. So that way you can give yourself a little bit more balance to this defense, you know, and is the defense deep enough, even with a deep prospect pool on defense, I got to say, I'm impressed with how deep Vancouver's prospect pool is on defense. But the problem is all of their defensive prospects are blocked minus Jack Rathbone. Who's actually going to get the chance to play. So you're really not going to have anybody battle with Rathbone. Rathbone's kind of earned the chance to play. So 
you kind of sunk yourself into a weird situation here in Vancouver. And lastly here, can Thatcher Demko officially step in and realize his potential? Because if not, that's exactly why Vancouver went out and got Yaroslav Halak. And Halak isn't getting any younger. Like I said before, the forward core might be one of the best in the entire Pacific Division. It's that defense and goaltending that I am currently concerned about. But I want to be wrong. I do want to be wrong because I do like this Canucks team. So that segues us to our final bit for today. Our question of the day, which stays the same for every preview, which is where do Vancouver Canucks finish in the Pacific Division? Tom, let's start with you because I know for sure we've got differing opinions here. Tom, you start. Where did the Canucks finish this year? Well, if they can get this Hughes and Pedersen situation straightened out with the cap, I know you had said they had $10 million. I thought I had read they had $14 million. Um, obviously, they have a few weeks to figure that out. But if they can get it straightened out, I think this team can finish in third place. I think right now in Calgary, there's a ton of uncertainty right now with March Giordano being gone and who's going to pick up the slack you know, for them as their captain. Um, and Calgary has also kind of been a night and day team over the years. Um, Edmonton right now, as I had mentioned last week, Edmonton is still relying on McDavid and Dreisaitl entirely too much. And if we do go to the Olympics with these professionals, with the NHL guys going, and one of them gets hurt, Edmonton will falter big time. They rely way too much on those guys. And it's another thing, too. If one of them gets hurt early on or there's just a sign of struggle early on, I could see Edmonton crashing and burning. So I'm going to say third right now. But I'll tell you what, if there's uncertainty in Edmonton or there's injuries in Edmonton, I could see them finishing as high as second. I'm not going to put them in first. That's a spot for another team that we're going to speak about later on. But, yeah, I'm going to go with third place here. Third place here, second place of Edmonton Falters. And I think, honestly, that is a good prediction. I do see a scenario where the Canucks finish near the top of this division. I really, really do. And on all accounts, I really, really like this team. They have a very potent offense. You know, this is a team that can absolutely generate offense. They have no problem with that. But as I alluded to before, as I stated before, I have questions about this defense, questions that I have a lot of trouble getting past because I'm a Devils fan. If there's one thing that has been the Achilles heel for the Devils for the past number of years, it has been defense. And defense, if you if it's not good, murders you on a night-in, night-out basis. I want this defense to prove me wrong. But they now have a ton of money wrapped up in Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers. Is the money there for Pedersen and Hughes? If Hughes and or Pedersen miss time to sort out a new contract, that could be the death of this team's playoff chances. But even still, this was a very, very tough thing for me to do. So that being said, I'm not going to delay it. I have the Vancouver Canucks finishing fifth this year. They're going to be just outside of a playoff spot in my mind. Now, that being said, they're not that far off. They're probably making the playoffs next year. But for this year, they could clinch a playoff berth. But this defense honestly could be the death of them, especially, especially if Quinn Hughes misses time. That's going to be huge. But... I know you guys are probably going to have some opinions on this one. So what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Make sure you comment down below so that way you guys can let us know. And while you're there, drop a like and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. Because, hey, you might not be a Vancouver Canucks fan, but you might be a fan of a different team that we are going to be covering in the coming weeks leading up to the start of the NHL season in October. So you got to make sure you check us out. And 
Where else can you check out our content besides YouTube, you might ask? Great question. You can check us out at i80sports.com, where not only can you find all of our team previews, but you can find our NHL content, our NFL content, our MLS, NCAA football, and NBA content there as well. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at i80 underscore sports NHL, where we post on a regular basis and getting more regular as the season starts. And if you are currently following on Twitter, thank you guys so much because your support absolutely helps us do this on a day in day out basis. But it's time to put the Canucks to the side here and move on to another team. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been another episode of our team previews on I-80 sports. <laughs>